Comments and views expressed on The Kevin Smith Show are those of the people that make them and do not necessarily reflect the views of Kevin Smith, The Kevin Smith Show, or its affiliates or sponsors. Always helps if you turn on the microphone, doesn't it? Hi, folks. Welcome to the show. And uh, whoever you are, wherever you happen to be, I'm delighted that you are here. And I know you could be doing a million other things. This is a free-to-watch night, and that means if you're listening to the show tonight, you could be watching the show tonight. All you have to do is go over to my website, kevinsmithshow.com, and uh, click where it says watch. That'll do it for you. And uh, we do have some things that uh, you might want to see tonight. So I hope you'll avail yourself of that opportunity. As I said, I'm delighted that you're here. I'm delighted to be here. I'm here because you have a right to know and because you matter. Uh, We, uh, for those of you who are brand new to the Kevin Smith Show, you don't know it, but we publish something called the K-Files. It is our free newsletter. And uh, we would love for you to be getting it. Been publishing that now for over 12 years. And some of the folks who are subscribed right now subscribed 12 years ago. So um, mm, must be pretty good. But it's absolutely free. Uh, it won't cost you anything. It won't hurt you in any way. And if you don't like it, you can unsubscribe anytime you want to. But when you do subscribe, and you do that at my website, just click where it says K-Files. It's right in the middle of your screen. You can't miss it. Great big letters. You click that and subscribe. When you do, you're going to get an automatic email. And uh, it has a link in it that you have to click in order to activate your subscription. If you don't click that, then you won't activate your subscription, and you won't get the K-Files. All right, we do that to make sure we don't spam anybody. So be sure you take care of that. Only you can fix that. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, you know, uh, even if you don't have a sweetheart, and even if you're not somebody's sweetheart, happy Valentine's Day. And I uh, hope you've had a wonderful day today. Those of you who are having a day on the other side of the planet, you had Valentine's Day yesterday. And I hope you had a wonderful time, and I hope today is a wonderful day for you. Hope you're having an absolutely great day. Uh, You might hear just a little bit of uh, raspiness in my voice tonight. I've been sick all week, and, uh, you know, I've been away from the show. We've been doing uh, encore presentations, and I don't mind doing those once or twice a week, but I've had to do those each night this week so far. Uh, I've been, uh, well, you know, I started to say I've been really pretty sick. That's not exactly true. This has been weird. Uh, I've been running low-grade temperature, low-grade fever. And uh, all the symptoms that I've had have been like the flu, but not severe. Like, you know, I, I, I just don't ever get the flu. But uh, I have had it, but, I mean, it's just rare for me to get it. But when I have had the flu, it's always been really severe. 
this has not been that way, uh, but it's been persistent. And, uh, you know, my voice was kind of like this. And uh, I could have done the show uh, with that voice, but with the temperature, I couldn't focus. Anyway, I'm back. Glad to be back. We're going to have a good time. All right. We will return right after this break. to the Kevin Smith show and as I said you're just going to have to live with my voice tonight I'll do my best uh but uh, yeah this you know this this whole thing has been uh pretty unusual I I don't often get sick I get run down you know because I don't sleep a lot and uh but you know I don't often actually get sick uh, but this was weird. I, you know, I, I ached from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, um, stomach cramps and, uh, low grade fever. And, uh, you know, and then there would be parts of the day where I felt, oh, uh, I feel okay. I think I can do the show tonight. And then bang, it would hit me again. And, um, I don't know what it is. Uh, it, I guess it's some kind of flu. I don't know. Uh, but I have discovered in conversations I've had with people on Skype uh, and with email that uh, quite a number of people around the country uh, have been experiencing the same thing. So whatever it is, uh, I have had it, and I'm, uh, I still have a little bit of the symptoms, but not much. But the biggest problem, as I said, was this. <clears throat> the biggest problem is when I run a low-grade fever, it, I mean, it can be just a little bit, like 100. And um, just, you know, just a little bit of fever. And it hits, that hits me like, it, most people have to be having like a, a fever of 102, 103 for it to affect them like that affects me. If, I, uh, if I'm running a temperature of about a, 100, uh, my mind is fuzzy. I can't stay focused on things. My eyes hurt. I can't keep my eyes open, Sim- not because I'm going to sleep, but just because... Uh, they hurt. They're sensitive to light with uh, fever. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been dealing with that. and uh, But I got over that, most of it, and uh, am delighted to be back here tonight. And uh, I, I can tell you what we're going to talk about is a bit of a mind bender. And, uh, man, you know, if I had, if I was running a temperature of 100, uh no way <laughs> no way could i focus on this but uh i'm i'm much better and uh i i think that um everything's going to be okay now before we get into the mind bending stuff let's talk about what's going to happen tomorrow tomorrow the there is an asteroid that is going to pass 
closer to earth than anything in modern history has passed. It will be closer to us than our communication satellites that are up there. How about that? That's pretty close. In miles, its closest approach to us will be 17,200 miles. Now, that's really not much. That's pretty close. And uh, this particular asteroid is, uh, well, it's it's got one of those inglor- inglorious names. It is 2012 DA-14. And it's supposed to make its closest pass to us at 1924 hours GMT. Or, if you're in the United States, that will be 2.24 p.m. Eastern Time uh, tomorrow. It will be passing at its closest. And it will be flying over, uh, it'll be passing over Sumatra, Indonesia at that point. And uh, now, uh, there's always an outside possibility of... You know, I mean, it's the, it's a very remote, but an outside possibility that it could crash into the Earth. And if it did, it would be very, very destructive uh, locally, but not globally. However, the effects would be felt globally. Um, the destruction would happen in the local region where it hits, and it would be. Uh, extremely destructive in the local region where it hits. Uh, but, uh, you know, globally, uh, there, there could be some sudden changes in weather and things like that as a result. And, um, uh, you know, so there, there are people that are going through the oh my God routine right now. But this is a good, uh, example and, and a, a kind of a, a good experiment for us to show you exactly what uh, how it applies when I talk about these disasters um, you know potential disasters first of all no space agency is predicting that this thing is going to collide with the earth no space agency not NASA, not the ESA, not the Indian Space Agency, Agency, not the Japanese, not the Russians, not the Chinese. Nobody is predicting that this thing is going to collide with Earth. However, NASA says it's not going to be close enough that it's even going uh, that Earth's gravity is even going to have an effect on its orbit. The European Space Agency says. Au contraire, that uh, Earth's gravity is going to affect the orbit of this asteroid, and it's actually going to be much closer to Earth the next time it comes through as a result. So we don't know about that. But here's, here's uh, for those of you having oh-my-God moments over this asteroid, um, now that you know the date and the time that it is going to pass closest to Earth. If if you're one of the people who fears that, oh my God, it's going to hit the Earth, it's going to wipe out life as we know it. If you're one of those, you know the date, you know the time, 
and you know it is going to happen, it is going to be passing through at that time. You know the precise date and time. So now, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. So why have an oh my God moment? Whatever will be, will be. Uh, you know, it's, it's extremely remote as a possibility that it might collide with Earth. I mean, it's, it's statistically just not going to happen. But if it were, and you knew the date and time, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. And, uh, that's why, uh, I have that Kevinism that says, you gotta live till you don't. Just live. Have a good time. Enjoy life. Have a great day. And someday, probably not in your lifetime, probably not in the lifetimes of many, many generations after us, but someday, will be the last day on this planet. Until then, you got to live till you don't. Well, it's a close call tomorrow, but that brings up a question. What is a tomorrow? And that gets into the mind-bending stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. By the way, um, I want to thank uh, Sheila Williams for assisting me in doing uh, some of the research for this show, kind of helping me get caught up and back on track here and up and ready and running for the show uh, since I've been ill. Um, she uh, uh, talked with me on Skype. Uh, she's one of our faithful listeners and members, and she talked with me on Skype and uh, uh, asked if there was anything she could do to help uh, research for the show and I, I, absolutely. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and so she has helped with some of this research for tonight's show. And I appreciate that. But now look, for those of you who are new to the Kevin Smith show, that's the way this show operates. This is really kind of a family effort here. You know, our, our listeners are part of the family. You know, we don't, we don't have advertising on the show. We don't sell stuff on the show. And, uh, you know, I don't have a staff. Uh, but I have loads and loads and loads of uh, friends who are in the audience and are like family. If you're in our audience, I consider you part of our family. And uh, people pitch in and help all the time. And I, I really appreciate it. And this is a good example right here. Um, what is a tomorrow? You might be thinking, well, now, what a foolish question. Everybody knows what tomorrow is. Well, I know what we say it is, but what is it, really? When we say tomorrow, we are using a term of general measurement of time and space. And when I say it's a general measurement, I mean that it's not a precise measurement. Tomorrow can be described in a more precise way. It can be uh, described as 
the 24 hours that will take place beginning at midnight tonight. One tick, one second after midnight, one nanosecond after midnight, it begins. And for 24 hours then, that is tomorrow. At least when we talk about it today, it is. So it's kind of a broad brush uh, to talk about that next 24-hour period that's coming up. So what is an hour? And why are there 24 of those? What we're going to be talking about tonight is time. And we're going to be talking about time travel. I'm going to show you some alleged evidence. Uh, well, let me put it this way. It is evidence that alleges to be evidence of time travel. And we're going to talk about some of that. But before we do that, I think we have to sort of begin to understand what it is. It Look, time travel has been subjected to the same fictionalization as extraterrestrials and UFOs. If you think the media has done a number with UFOs and extraterrestrials, and uh, and you haven't considered that they have done that number as well with time travel, then you need to sort of broaden your scope a little bit, open your eyes a little bit, and realize that when we talk about time travel, most people only think of it in terms of Doctor Who. Uh, they think of it in terms of some of the movies, like The Time Machine, which is based, of course, on a novel by the same name. Uh, and and when they think and talk about time travel, they think and talk about it in terms that are framed by the fiction. Even the scientists do it. Now, I told you this would be a little bit mind-bending, so here we go. Let's bend our minds. Here's what I'm talking about. Here's what I'm referring to. People, I've done this too. So, that, I mean, this is not like, you know, I'm, I'm not scolding anybody. I'm just describing here, okay? This is how we do this. I've done it too, right here on this show. And it wasn't until I actually really thought about this, really thought about it, that I realized how wrong this is. How many times have you heard a discussion about whether we could go forward in time or whether we could go backward in time, if time travel were possible? I think the last show that I did about time travel, we talked about it in those terms. Go forward in time and backward in time. Do you know that's not possible? And yet... All the physicists say that time travel is not mathematically impossible at all. And yet I'm telling you it is not possible to think in terms of going forward or backward in time. You want to know why? Because we have a definition of a dimension. If that definition is correct then forward and backward in time is wrong terminology. And that dimension is called time-space. 
Now, we use that, and I've heard people say, well, you know, the time-space continuum, and they, they have no idea what they're talking about. A dimension uh, can be measured. If it's a dimension, it can be measured. For, inst- for instance, height is a dimension. Width is a dimension. Depth is a dimension. If time and space are together as one dimension, time-space, then it can be measured. And you say, well, we do measure time. We measure it in a linear line. And yet, because of it, the fact that it's coupled with space, there is no up, no down, no forward, no backward in space. You know, I have, uh, we, we talk about, you know, people that live in Australia. If you live in the northern hemispheres, uh, hemisphere, you talk about people that live in Australia as being at the bottom of the world. Did you know, I've been to Australia and you certainly don't have any sense that you're at the bottom of the world. The sky is still up. Everything still seems normal, and you know that, right? But even if you haven't been there, you know that. Jump off of our planet out into space, and then ask yourself, which way is up? Which way is backward? Out in space, there is no up, down, There is no backward or forward. Any place you turn is forward, and behind you at that point is backward. Um, You know, if you want to go that way, on Earth that might be called up, but in space, who knows? You may be headed for the bottom of the universe at that point. I mean, the point is, there is no up, down, right, left, forward, backward, out in space. Now, when we talk about the dimension of time, space, when they're linked up as a dimension, then there can be no up, down, right, left, forward, or backward in time. Did that bend your mind? We'll do some more in just a moment. We'll be back right after this. to the Kevin Smith Show, and uh, we're talking about time as a dimension, time-space as a dimension. We think of time in a linear fashion because we live it that way, and we invented the measurements of time that are, being, that are in use. I say we, I, I don't mean modern man, I mean 
we humans invented the measurements of time that are in use. Some cultures have measured time in other ways uh, than what we measure them in. As, for instance, the Mayans, they measured time in another way. Uh, in fact, they measured time in several ways. But uh, time is and cannot be linear if it is part of a dimension called time-space. So if it's part of, you know, if, if it is uh, this, this component of a dimension, then it can be circular. It can be cyclical like a spiral. But it cannot be linear. It can be spherical, all directions at once. See, when we think about time, we think about today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day. And we think in the past, yesterday, the day before, the day before, the day before. However, if it's really part of a dimension, there is time to the left, there is time to the right. There is time up, and there is time down. If it's part of time space if it's if it's joined and wedded with space then time is everywhere the same all the time like space is it's up it's down it's right it's left it's forward it's backward all at the same time so when we think about doing time travel we generally think in terms of time as we measure time, linearly. But it does not exist that way if it is part of this dimension, time-space. There is, you can, you can talk about going that way, which we say forward, and you can talk about going that way, which we say is backward, in time, you can conceptualize that, you can talk about that, but you have to realize that what's out there in one direction and what's back there in another direction actually all exists together. The universe all exists, this, what we call space, all exists at once. It all exists at once. Now, there are events within that dimension. There are events within that envelope. And it's those events that we have attempted to be able to measure and to mark. For instance, in ancient days, uh, people thought the sun came up and went down. Uh, we now know the sun isn't coming up and going down. It's the earth spinning that gives us that illusion in the sky. However, we still use the word sunrise and sunset, don't we? We use those words. And we mark its passage through the sky by dividing the sky into 12 equal sectors. And we call those hours. And because the earth is spinning then those 12 sectors also exist 
as the earth spins, those 12 sectors exist throughout the planet. So as we're having sunset, another part of the earth is having sunrise. And they have the 12 sectors. So the, the two 12s together give us the 24 hours. But we think in terms of when you complete that 24-hour cycle, you start another 24-hour cycle, and then another one, and another one. And so we think linearly. But what we don't even have a way to conceptualize time to the left, time to the right, time up, time down. We don't even have a way to conceptualize that because we're measuring an event. And that event is the passage of the sun across the sky, or at least that illusion of it, that the sun is passing across our sky and we're measuring that. And then we've been able to come up with some calendars and we can, you know, we have blocks on the calendar for each 24-hour period for a whole set of those, 365 of those, and we say that is a year. And then we have 12 pages in that calendar. Uh, we say that's a month. And then we have uh, 12 pages of those, and that's a year. I'll get it right sometime. Uh, so, But the point is, we are measuring an event. And then we're measuring that event happening again and again and again and again. On our watches, <clears throat> we have the 360-degree circle divided into 12. And uh, we watch those hands go around twice, and we say, that's a day. That's a 24-hour period. But again, what is it measuring? It's measuring an event that we observe in the skies. So, because we don't have events that we observe happening in a dimension to our left or a dimension to our right, a dimension above us, a dimension below us, because we don't see those and experience those, we don't have a way to describe and measure those in a time-space fashion. We are measuring an event, the biggest event that happens on Earth. biggest event that happens on Earth is the rotation of the Earth as it orbits the sun, and we're watching, we are watching that event, and we're measuring it. And so uh, it's a little bit mind-bending to start thinking about time travel. Because, you see, if time can be traversed and it's part of time-space, in other words, it's wedded to space, if we traverse time, do we not also traverse space? It's a big question. And believe it or not, there are lots of folks that debate that whole question. If you went, if you traveled in time, um, what makes you think that you would still wind up on Earth? 
Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, because you're traversing space if you're traversing time. So it's a bit of a mind-bender. I think everybody uh, has, everybody in our genre uh, has heard of John Titer, or some people say Teeter, T-I-T-O-R. Uh, this is someone that emerged back during the days of the Art Bell show, and um, he, uh, I, I don't know that Art Bell ever interviewed John Titer, John Teeter. Uh, but he, he emerged in uh, some forums and was talking about being a time traveler and what he had come back to, to this time for. And he described what life is like in his years, uh, his what would be his contemporary years, the time that he's from. Um so uh, that made a big, big splash, and lots of people talked about that. A lot of people are still talking about uh, that whole episode uh, because he just vanished after a while. And um, there are, you know, I was looking at stuff about that on um, on YouTube, and, you know, there, there are a couple of videos that talk about how it's all debunked. Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, I've dealt enough with debunking videos that uh, a lot of them I have debunked. Videos that claim they were going to debunk this or debunk that, and then I debunked it and exposed what they were up to. I debunked the debunking video. And uh, I didn't I didn't do that with um, um, the, this video that's on YouTube about debunking John Titer, uh, simply because I didn't have time, but uh, I didn't I didn't really get to investigate it. But the point is, I think everybody's familiar with John Titer. I think you're familiar with uh, the uh, the whole story, the whole episode, and it, it made a big big splash on the internet. Um, part of Sheila Williams' research today uh, brought up information about Tesla doing experiments where uh, for a moment uh, he was engulfed in uh, a field of energy and he could see the immediate future, the immediate past, and the present all happening at the same time. Well, that's what I think you would expect uh, if time-space really is a dimension. You would expect that the immediate future, immediate past, and the present would all be happening at the same exact instant. It's a little mind-boggling for us to understand how could that be. And I don't profess to understand how that could be. Now, I uh, watched a little documentary today as well where you have a scientific explanation of traveling in time. And in traveling in time, uh, again, are, are we moving forward or backward? Well, the scientist explained it this way. 
if you are in an airplane and you start at the equator and you travel north, you're traveling north all the way to the North Pole. But the instant you pass over the North Pole, you're now traveling south, and yet the airplane has not changed directions. And so he says, if you travel as you approach the speed of light, you're approaching a big event, and that is breaking the speed of light. And um, when you pass the speed of light, it's just like passing the North Pole. You now begin traveling backward in time. Mind-boggling stuff. And you get out there and start uh, taking a look at it and doing some research, and you're going to read all kinds of theories, and you're going to see all kinds of videos, and you're going to hear all kinds of um, opinions. And uh, some of them, you know, people will... They'll read something or hear something, and they'll nail it down and say, well, there you go. That's it. Now, wait a minute. There are as many theories and opinions about time travel as there are scientists that have looked at it and as there are amateurs that have looked at it. And uh, until we have verified proof that somebody is traveling in time, uh, theories are just theories and opinions are just opinions and uh, you really can't nail it down and say that's it so I present these all of this to you uh, just to uh, let you understand how big a thing this is and governments are working on it alright we will return right after this Welcome back to the Kevin Smith Show. And uh, we're talking about time and the possibility of time travel. And uh, I told you I was going to show you some evidence tonight um, that purports to be uh, evidence that time travel has happened. Okay? So I'm going to do that. And... Um, you know, when I do, I know there are going to be loads of you whose minds are going to do what mine did. You're going to think of all the possible explanations for how that could be uh, without it being time travel. And I'm not saying that this is evidence of time travel. I'm saying this is evidence that purports to be evidence of time travel and possibly is. And the first one I want to share with you is a um, civil defense film from the late 1950s. Those of you who lived through that period of time and you were in school at, uh, at that period of time, you know, in the late 50s and early 60s, it was all a huge, 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 huge uh, fear of nuclear war. 
And uh, there were all these, they called them duck and cover drills. Now, let me tell you something. A nuclear bomb goes off, and you you duck down under your desk and cover your head. Uh, you know, uh, it may make you feel better to do the drill, but you're gone. You know, that's not going to save you from a nuclear blast. But they had us do it, you know. And uh, they had these films where they would show you these films. They were put out by, the, I guess, the Department of Defense, maybe. And, uh, you know, they would show to school kids, and, you know, then they would have a discussion about what to do in the case of a nuclear blast and so forth. And, uh, you know, I, I, I give them credit for trying to do something, uh, but anyway, this is from one of those, and uh, we'll just take a look, and I'll describe this for those who are listening. Uh, it's a black and white film, and uh, we have a school teacher in front of a class, and she's answering questions about how would we know if there's been a nuclear blast. On the blackboard, she says, well, we might have a warning, uh, so we have with a warning, and then she points to no, and you expect to see no warning. How would we know? Except no is not no. It's N-O-2, number two. And above it, it says game number two. Or game and then number two. And then it says Giants, Rangers. And uh, then it has a score. Okay. And the score is Giants 9, Rangers 2. Now, this seems silly, doesn't it? Well, that was in the 1950s. That game where the Giants uh, scored 9 and the Rangers scored 2 actually did happen. And it happened in 2010. Okay, so when I saw this, my mind said, oh, well, wait a minute. Uh, has this video been monkeyed with? Has this been, is this a fake? Is it a hoax? And I honestly cannot tell you that I know one way or the other. Um, we would think that it would be, however, because of shadows that are on that blackboard, on that chalkboard, and the shadows extend over part of the writing, it looks to me like the writing is on that board. And uh, now you can overlay shadows when you do, when, whenever you, like if you do some computer manipulation here, you can overlay shadows. But you cannot take a shadow that's already on the board and lay it over what you just put up there. You understand? So what you put up there will be on top of the shadow. Uh, this shadow overlays what's on the board. So um, it looks real to me. But I cannot verify for sure that it is. It looks real. So um, if it is real, 
then is this teacher a time traveler? Was this a clue that the teacher in the film put on the board to um, just give people a hint? And what would it have been a hint of, and why would it be done? Well, it would have been a hint that no nuclear war took place in the future. At least not the immediate future. It would have been a hint of that because you have the final score of a baseball game that wasn't played until 2010. Uh, so you have, uh, as a matter of fact, the Texas Rangers didn't exist. in 1950s so um, it would have been a hint that okay we got to do this but uh, hey everything's going to be okay so I don't know as I said I don't know if this is genuine I don't know if it's hoaxed uh it, it has the appearance of being genuine to me. But I'm not a believer in things. I either know or I don't know. And when I don't know, I tell you. And I'm telling you, I don't know. But my opinion is it looks genuine. All right. Um, now what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at something else. I mean, we're going to take a look at a, at a picture. Now, this happened in China. It happened in the year 2009. And a lot of you have seen the picture. It is something that was found at an archaeological dig. They were opening a Ming Dynasty era tomb. Some archaeologists. And uh, in opening this Ming Dynasty tomb, um, they had to cart lots of dirt and soil away as you do with with any archaeological dig but uh and but this is inside the tomb but they they're carrying stuff out carrying debris out and they hear a metallic clunk and so they look down and down on the ground is this ring well the thing about the ring is that it's a watch. It is a watch. It doesn't just look like a watch. It is a watch. And it stopped at something like 10.26 in the morning or 10.06 a.m., something like that. But it's a ring, and on the top of the ring, it's a watch. On the back of that watch... Inscribed on the back is the word Swiss. Okay, well, the uh, there's a lot of problems with this and a lot of mystery with this. The tomb is 400 years old. Um, this watch has been dated to 100 or so years old. How did it get in a Ming Dynasty tomb? And my mind said, well, grave robbers could have been in there, and maybe one of them dropped it 100 years ago. 
except this tomb was sealed. Grave robbers had not been in this tomb. No grave robbers have been in that tomb. And yet, here is a ring with, uh, it's a watch, and it's a hundred years old, and it's in a tomb 400 years old, and the tomb has its original seal that the archaeologists have broken to get in, and uh, it's like hermetically sealed or something. How does this happen? Was there a time traveler that visited in that tomb a hundred years ago? Well, there are people, of course, who say that's the case. Um, One of the problems, of course, is that on the back of the watch where it says Swiss, it says that in English. Nevertheless, this watch has been they've been they've dated it to a hundred years old so it's a great mystery and uh, one for which there doesn't appear to be an answer we'll be back right after this Welcome back to the Kevin Smith Show and um, our discussion this evening about uh, some of the weirdness having to do with time and possible time travel. Uh, We're going to open the telephone lines and invite you to join the conversation and uh, you can do that by giving us a call at 623-444-5889. 623-444-5889. If you're east of the Rockies, west of the Rockies, or on top of the Rockies, or nowhere near the Rockies, that number will work. If you're outside of the USA and you're outside of Canada, then uh, that number will work anywhere in the world. You can call us. But we know it can be very expensive to do international long-distance calls from some countries. And so we have an additional option for you. It's called a flash message. Go to my website, kevinsmithshow.com. Scroll down till you see the picture about tonight's show. Right above it is a link that says flash message. If you're outside, outside the USA and outside of Canada, that option is available for you. Caller, you're live on the Kevin Smith Show. Your first name and from where are you calling? Hi, this is Pete uh, from Kansas. Hello, Pete. Hey, uh, I wanted to tell you, I'm going to be 60 real soon. Uh-huh. I've been studying this thing about time travel for years. Mm-hmm. The thing that I've come up with is time travel is possible, but not with our technology. Okay. Why not? Well, first of all, uh, there's a group in England that is doing the matter transfer thing, you know, where they 
move a piece of object from one place to another. Okay. And they've had some success, but uh, only with non-living things. Uh-huh. Okay. That is the first thing that you will need for a time traveler. Uh the reason for that is you have to be able to go and compute where and where you're going to go. You're going to have to have enough computer power to be able to say, I'm going from here, I want to go to there. Okay. Okay. Now, since the solar system, the Earth, everything is moving, it's going to take an awful lot of power to calculate where the Earth was at a certain, quote, time. Well, actually, there are programs that you can load into your computer right now uh, that will run the solar system forward and backward in time for you. Yes, it will show you uh, the location and that, but it will not give you a uh, fixed position in time-space. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it'll show us uh, planets and stars where they should be in relation to the Earth. However, it's not showing us where in the universe the Earth was sitting. Yes. Okay. And it, it, it'd be like GPS today. You okay. Know? Uh, you can go and figure out where you're at and be able to tell where you're going. Mm -hmm. So once you get that, and you can compute enough information to dissolve the item, move it to the other location, time travel would be feasible. I understand what you're saying entirely. Um, now, let me throw this at you. As I was, I was, you know, time is affected by space, but it's also affected by gravity. And that's been proven with astronauts' watches. Uh, but, and, and of course now even more sophisticated equipment, but uh, at first with the watches on astronauts. Um, but, uh, okay, if time-space is a dimension as we have described it, uh, as as physicists have described it, they say it's a it's a dimension. Then time is happening everywhere in every direction, instantly, and like space is. Okay, because they they're saying that time space is wedded. You know, it's one dimension. Mm -hmm. All right, Tesla seems to have confirmed this with his experiment which he accidentally experienced stepping into a situation where the immediate future, the immediate past, and the present were happening all together. That has to be uh, very, very confusing. And I would think if you could do time travel, you would also have to do time slicing somehow. Because you couldn't live in the past, the present, and the future all at the same time without appearing to everyone around you to be insane. Well, the thing I believe, it's like taking uh, a uh, video uh, on an old 8mm movie 
Mm-hmm. Each cell is a different time period. Yeah. It is, so however, time's not linear. In sequence. Yeah, but time's not linear. No. And therefore, uh, we experience it as linear here on this earth. We experience it as being linear. But time can't be linear if it's a dimension. It's everywhere at the same time, all, everything, past, present, and future, all at the same place, same time. It's all there. And so it would be like instead of having the 8 millimeter with frame after frame after frame in a straight line, it'd be like cutting every frame out of that and stacking them all on top of each other and trying to look through it all at the same moment. And that's why we don't have the computer power to go and be able to separate them. Uh Uh-huh. I see what you're saying. Well, you know, this whole thing with time travel... Physicists say there's no mathematical reason, no physics reason, why it couldn't be done. It's it's not a physics impossibility. But they agree with you that it's a technological impossibility at the moment. Okay. Uh, the way I figure it is all matter exists at all times. Yeah. So time... Is just an illusion to to us. Yeah, and, and as I said, you know, we have this a good way uh, for folks to think about it. We have this illusion that the sun crosses the sky. It doesn't. The Earth spins. The sun is not crossing our sky. Our sky, what we call our sky, is actually in motion, and uh, because the Earth is spinning, and it's that event that gives rise to our calculations of time. And we view that as a linear event. We experience that as a linear event. And uh, so all of our thoughts about time and our calculations of time are linear. And yet, if it is a dimension, then time is happening left, right, up, and down just at the same moment that it's happening forward and backward. Yes, and it'd be uh, similar to like a Rubik's Cube where you move one little part and you get to another part. Yeah, and boy, if you put me in charge of time travel, I can tell you if it's anything like a Rubik's Cube, we're in trouble. I can't do those things. (laughs) That's why, why I say right now I don't see the possibility of us being able to compute, get enough computing power to do it. Yeah, yeah, well... You know, I, I think you might be right about that. Um, so what do you think about people that say that the U.S. government has already done it and uh, they do it on a regular basis? And, uh, you know, there are folks like Andy Basaggio that says he's, he's an attorney. And he says not only have they done it, I've been part of the program. And it's called Project Pegasus. So what would you think about that? Uh, Let's just say that I doubt their viability. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are you a first-time caller, Pete? Yes, sir. Man, don't let grass grow under your feet. Call us again real soon. Well, I just got on the Internet and saw the the web uh, PalTalk connection and 
I got hooked as soon as I heard heard you talking about it. Outstanding. Well, keep listening night after night and call us again. All right. All right. Thanks for the call. And how about you? It's a great night uh, for anybody to give us a call. But uh, if you're a first-time caller, uh, it's a great night for you, too. And so we thank Pete from Kansas. Well, okay, so what do you think now? I brought up Andy Bassaggio, and um, that may be the incorrect pronunciation of his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, there are others who say that uh, they have done this time travel thing and teleportation thing. And, I, I, you know, they say that time travel and teleportation are linked uh, they are linked. And, uh, you know, we had uh, Preston Nichols on the show uh, a couple of times, and he talked about it. Now, what do you think about this? Is it possible? Caller, you're live on the Kevin Smith Show. Your first name and from where are you calling? Kevin, this is Brent from Wyoming. Hello, Brent. I'm just going to mention this and then let you, let you talk about it. All right. That archway in southern Arizona, a uh-huh. time portal. Yeah. It's if it's natural, all we have to do is study it and replicate it. That's that's fine. I'm gonna. I don't want to. I'm gonna hang up because I don't want to cough on your ear. <laughs> okay. Sounds like you've got what I've had. All right. Thanks, Brent. Uh, Brent's referring to an archway that's uh, south of Tucson, way south, and uh, right down near Mexico. And this uh, archway uh, apparently is a natural archway and appears to be a time per- portal, at least the local lore about it. Um, uh, people have gone through that, and, you know, it's just, it's just, a, just an archway. So if you go in, go, go through it, you ought to be able to see the person coming out the other side. There have people, been people that have gone through that, and they didn't come out the other side, uh, at least according to local lore. And, uh, you know, there have been people that tested it by tossing, uh, I think it was a rabbit or a chicken or something through the archway, and pff, it disappeared. There are people that say they have seen uh, in as they look through that archway, they have seen scenes from uh, American past, like the American cavalry in uniform on horses passing by through the archway. They look around on the side of the archway to look at the other side, and there's nothing out there. And they look through the archway, and they can see it. So I, I have never seen that. Uh, our associate host... Jerry Wills has been there, and um, they found some very strange magnetic readings, uh, but um, they didn't see any of the time portal stuff happening. And uh, it was Jerry and Kathy Wills that actually went there. However, they had a really, really weird, weird experience when they set up their camp, um, their base camp, because they, they drove in as far as they could, and then you had to hike up into a canyon. And um, 
when they set up their base camp, they had some really weird experiences that happened to them. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, uh, a, a straight line wind so strong uh, that it blew their camp apart, and they had to take refuge in their cars. And then, uh, you know, the next day, there was absolutely nothing about it reported by the Weather Bureau. You know, it just didn't happen. And yet there were multiple people there at the base camp who experienced this and saw it and, and knew that it happened. Um, but, uh, look, there are places around the earth that are supposed to be these natural portals like that. And uh, Brent says, well, you know, all they have to do is study it, analyze it, and then uh, they could build one. I'm not sure that's the case, Brent. Maybe, um, maybe, well, I, you know, uh, people who studied birds ended up inventing airplanes. You know, they, they studied how is it that a bird can fly. And by, you know, trial and error and trying to build the right wings and uh, so forth, they finally came up with airplanes. And uh, airplanes are, of course, man-made big models of birds. And uh, so maybe if they studied these archways, maybe they would be able to invent one. But, uh, you know, if time is part of this dimension, time-space... If it is, then, you know, what we, we've got a problem. And the problem is you have everything happening at the same instant, always. And so you would have to figure out some way to do time splicing. I'm sorry, slicing. Time slicing. You would have to be able to slice if you're going to the future slice that section out and, and, you know, like a wafer and just visit that part of it. Um, so it would be very, very, very high technology. And uh, I watched, getting ready for the show, I watched a lot of videos. And, um, you know, one of them was, uh, the, I watched a uh, video of a TV show that I know a lot <clears throat> a lot of you are familiar with called Ancient Aliens and they did one on time travel and it was the conclusion of uh, some of the scientists that they interviewed it was their conclusion that it's theoretically possible but uh, like Pete said we just don't have the technology and yet there are people telling us that not only do we have it we have had it for a long time and that uh, it is used frequently. But coupled with the time travel is teleportation. Coupled with teleportation is time travel. Uh, and so they're saying, you know, we've, we've heard from a number of people over the years who say they were part of a program where they would go into what's called a jump room uh, at different secret bases and uh, they would jump from here 
to Mars in a matter of seconds. Sounds fantastic, doesn't it? It sounds unbelievable. Uh, but a number of witnesses have said that it, it absolutely is true. It absolutely happens. We've heard from witnesses that say they go at a particular base, and I can't remember which one. They uh, go into this room, uh, and then there's a door. And when you open that door and step through it, you're in Australia. And that base, the original base, is in the United States. Sounds fantastic, unbelievable, and yet a number of people have talked about that. Caller, you're live on the Kevin Smith Show. Your first name and from where are you calling? This is Mike from Kentucky. Hi, uh, Kevin. How are you doing? Uh, my wife would like to have that watch ring, you know. So. Yeah? Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's, uh, uh-huh. uh, just hypothetical. Uh-huh. A man in uh, Los Angeles calls a man in New York. Mm-hmm. The man in New York in uh, uh, Los Angeles is moving backwards in time. The man in New York is moving forwards in time. How is that? Meet in the middle. The man in New York is moving backwards in time. His telephone call is. Yeah. Oh no, no. I see what you're saying. I see because of the time zones. Exactly. So the guy in Los Angeles. Actually, he's moving. No, he's moving forward in. His call's moving forward in time because it's later on the East Coast. Yes. Yeah. So the guy over on the East Coast in New York, his call is moving backward in time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that hypothetically would be time travel, but not in the sense that scientific talking about moving a physical body. Yeah. Well, I know if I fly from here, if I go home to Thailand. Uh, I get there, um, like if I leave today and if I happen to get all the right connections so that it's less than a 24 hour travel, let's say it's a 22 hour travel, it's still tomorrow when I get there. But yet tomorrow is still today. (laughs) For me it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, the thing about it though is, even though the clocks say one thing, your body says totally something else. Yeah, mine says toast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's there's things going on here that I think we just take for granted. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you something. I I did uh, I did a trip to Thailand. This is off subject, but I did a trip to Thailand where I could not get all the right connections, and because of the layovers and everything, it was a forty-four hour journey for me I don't ever want to do that again 44 hours from the time I got on the first plane till the time I got off of the plane in the town nearest my home yeah, I understand uh, of course I haven't experienced anything that long but flying to France and back to France uh, was two quite different things in the experience. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, there is a sense in which we we travel back in time as we measure it, or we travel forward in time as we measure time uh, as we cross that international date line. That's true. 
However, with time travel, we're, you know, uh, for instance, right now, <clears throat> it would be uh, about close to 10.30 in the morning in at my home in Thailand. But the time that my wife and son are experiencing, they're experiencing this time at the same time I am. At the same moment, they are experiencing 10.30 in the morning. I am experiencing nighttime. But they, we're, we're living this, we're experiencing this all together at the same moment. So when we talk about traveling in time, we would be talking about transversing the moment. And we'd be talking about being able to go back or forward or left or right, up or down in time uh, to a completely different moment. Well, you know, maybe we should uh, change the name. Maybe time travel is the wrong uh, word. Maybe we should find some other kind of uh, ID uh, thing to call this rather than time travel. What Dimensional would you... travel, uh, whatever, just something. Uh, what, what would you call it? I don't know. Uh-huh. But I don't think time is involved in it. I think it's more of a mental state that's involved than a physical state. Well, I don't know. If you could if you could do this, if it was technologically possible for for time to be traversed. We got a break taking over. Can you hang on? Sure. All right. All right folks, we'll be back right after this break, so uh, don't go away. some weirdness in our uh, automation software this time. It didn't play things on time, and it played things out of time. All right, uh, we've got uh, Mike from Kentucky online, and uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, what would you call it if you don't call it time travel, what would you call it? And uh, you said you, you have no idea. Um I don't. Uh, I, I don't either, Mike. And, and uh, do do you follow what I was saying about if it is actually if our description of that dimension is correct, it's time space. Then time goes in every direction, just as space does. Otherwise, there would be space where there is no time. Sure, uh, it was pretty similar to uh, in, in the way it. Projected itself to like to a dodecahedron, you know, in all spaces and all ways at the same time. Yeah, at the very same moment, and therefore everything that has ever happened is happening, and everything that is ever going to happen is happening. And you know, I, I, it's mind-boggling. I, you know, it's hard for me to 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 grasp all of that. Well, I like to say that it's like. Uh, there's parallel worlds, if you would. It's like 
uh, an elevator that, that starts in the basement and just keeps going up with no end to it. It loops around and continues. But uh, we measure each uh, reality by the four we get off on. We may or may not be aware of what's going on on the floor above or below us, or even on the floor we're on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, scientists have been able to uh, teleport light energy in laboratories from one place to another and to measure that. And uh, they've worked also with uh, antimatter, and they can create a few grams of antimatter and keep it for just a few seconds before it dis- dissolves. But if they ever figure out how to put a field around that and sustain it, then this may be the key to what we're talking about. I'm not sure. It might be. I, uh, you know, I think I think what's happened is, you know, uh, our minds have outrun our technology, but they have to in order for technology to expand. Our minds have to reach out beyond where the technology is. Um, do you think that the government has actually? develop time travel and that these stories of time travelers uh people that have done so in government programs do you think that's true or do you think that's not well i don't know if it would it wouldn't be government like you know uh washington dc it would be a uh, a shadow government type thing that's based on science and military yeah and uh yeah but I, I have they done it uh, Regardless of who it is, have they done it? Uh, if we can believe Preston Nichols, they may have, they have. What about Andy Basaggio? I know him, and uh, uh, he has told me several times that yeah, he worked on a machine that actually did it. And what about Andy Basaggio? Well, I don't know him, mm-hmm. so I can't comment on him. Commander, I, I would uh, only Sar- comment on the person that I have personally known and talked to. What about Command Sergeant Major Robert Dean? Uh, I think uh, I, I tend to lean toward accepting what Robert Dean says, having personally met him, you know, and and discuss things of this nature. Uh, same with uh, Clifford Stone mm-hmm. and uh, Andrew James, uh, what's his name, that, that died down there at Fort Benning. I, I tend to, having talked to them personally, accept what they say. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's this old song, Stuck in the Middle with You. Yeah. And uh, it's about eight hours to Paris. It's about eight hours to, uh, from where I live, it's about eight hours to Paris and eight hours to Hawaii. So I'm stuck in the middle with you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, but you you know the rest of the lyrics. Fools yeah, to the left of me and fools to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. There you go. <laughs> we compliment each other well. You have a good night, Kevin. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, that's a good song, too. All right, uh, 623-444-5889, 623-444-5889. And uh, let me remind everybody around the world that we do have also, oops, do have something called the flash message option that's open. And uh, we would love to hear from you um if you are in um the US or Canada then the flash option message will not work for you if you are outside of the US and outside of Canada it will work for you we'd love to hear from you 
Caller, you are live on the Kevin Smith Show. Your first name and from where are you calling? Uh, Kevin, this is Jerome from Pennsylvania. Hi, Jerome. Hi. Um, this whole subject, like you said, is mind-boggling. Yeah. It, 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 it seems like when I try to grasp it, uh, it, it just seems like it's... If, if you ever had a thought that just escapes you and you, you, you know it's right at the tip of your tongue, but you can't figure it out, that's, that's how I feel about it. Well, uh, you're not alone. I am there, too. Uh, and I think a lot of our audience is in the same place. Um, you know, I can conceptualize, in my mind, going forward in time or going backward in time. What I can't conceptualize is being exposed to all things at the same moment. And if time is, if this... It, it, we talk about the time-space as a dimension. Well, if it is, then time has to exist at the same moment everywhere in space, equally. Or you'd run out of time. A space, there'd be places in space where there is no time. But, but it doesn't it, doesn't it really do that? Because just like you said... Uh, with you being where you are, and it's whatever time it is, your wife is hours away, but you're you're both experience. Even though you're calling it different hours, you're both experiencing the same experience. We, yeah, we experience the same moment. But if you did yeah. time travel, you would have to be able to get out of this moment. Well, you know what? I, I hate to use the word believe. But uh, but I, I do believe that we have time travel. Uh, uh, I, I think teleportation, when when the scientists admit that they do teleport uh, stuff, even however minuscule and distance-wise, uh, I, I think there's a connection between time travel and teleportation. Yeah, well, uh, I, I would agree with that. I, I would agree that there is some connection between teleportation and, and time travel. Um, I just don't know whether we've actually done it. And yet, on the one hand, thinking of time in this fashion, that there's time forward and backward, but also left, right, up, and down, all at the same moment. Well, yeah, and when you think of it that way, it, then you know you start thinking, whoa, wait a minute. How could you how could you travel in all of that how and and make any sense of it because all the same moment is happening at the same moment in other words the the future the, the past the present is all happening at the same moment but add to that see when we talk about past present and future we're talking about our linear thought of time add to that the concepts that we don't even have words for. What would time to the right be? It's not past, present, or future. What would time to the left be? Time up, time down, all at the same moment. Now, you talk about confusing. When you first start talking about that, I, I thought of the book I read about, uh, I, I think it was called Flatliners, uh -huh. and it, it was about a two-dimensional world. 
Yeah. And you would have you would have these beings on a like a piece of paper, and they were oblivious to any three-dimensional things. Uh huh. And if you were in that world, you wouldn't have any idea of the three-dimensional world. Right. And I, I got the same thing that I, I think if you, once you get to a higher dimension, then you understand the stuff lower than you. Oh, I think that's true. Uh, however, we are in this three-dimensional world. Yes, we are. And so us in this three-dimensional world developing time travel that is all directions at the same moment, I don't know how we could conceptualize even the technology to do it. Well, whatever it is, it would have to create, be uh, an extreme energy source. Well, you would think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you would oh, think so. Um, uh, there was one other thing I was just going to say, and it just slipped my mind. I don't know. Maybe it'll come back. Well, you've heard of the Large Hadron Collider. Yes. Um, I watched a documentary, uh, this was the last one I watched, it was last night, in which they talk about it, it it's actually all about time travel. I had not heard that before. But they said that's what they're actually up to there, is getting at the essence of time travel. You know what, I, I don't think that they would spend all that money if it wasn't for some, if they didn't see some huge benefit coming from it. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Hey, man, thanks for the call. Okay, Kevin, thanks for taking my call. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, you, you you take his point, I think. Jerome makes a very good point. Uh, the telephone lines are open, 623-444-5889, 623-444-5889. He makes a good point. If you were two-dimensional, you could not imagine life in a three-dimensional world. So here we are, three dimensions. How can we imagine life in this multi-dimensional universe. But, uh, you know, they tell us it is multi-dimensional. All right, uh, caller, you're live on the Kevin Smith Show. Your first name and from where are you calling? Yeah, good evening, Kevin. It's uh, Terry from Ohio. Hi, Terry. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Good. You're getting feeling better, huh? I am, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, I, I have some residual effects of whatever this was. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Terry, I got to thinking about this. Uh, were you watching the show the night where I started, I went into, uh, diabetic, uh, problems and didn't even know I was diabetic? And, uh, I was actually passing out during the breaks. But I, Somehow I was able to finish the show. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was quite some time back. Yeah, yeah it was. And I, I started thinking about this, and I said, you know what? Doggone it. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here every night watching the, the Encore presentations because I have to run them, you know. And I'm sitting here watching them, and I'm enjoying them, and just bored as I can be because I really ought to be on the microphone talking. And... um Good shows, but still, I'm not doing what I need to be doing. 
And I finally decided, you know, by golly, if I can get through a diabetic situation like that and passing out during the breaks and still finish the show, I can do the show. And uh, so I did, uh, just made the decision that I would do the show. Yeah, as long as you ain't heading for a uh, uh, trash can or the toilet. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> All right, hang on. We have a break taking over, and we'll get you first up after this break. We'll be back, folks, right after this. to the Kevin Smith Show. We're on final approach, and that means we only have really just a few minutes left in tonight's show. And we're talking about time and uh, the possibility of time travel. On the telephone with me is Terry from Ohio. Terry, we had to cut you off right as you got started because of the, of the break. Uh, so the mic is yours, man. Um, yeah, I'd like to you know, uh, kind of go along with uh, what Mike was talking Um you know, uh, I think uh, teleportation, you know, is, you know, possible. You know, and a lot of people call that time travel. Um, and, you know, it's not. You know, it's still this time, you know, whether, you know, one minute I can be here and one minute I can be on Mars. Um, it's still here and now. Um, whether you Well, here, here's where, you know, I said it's related to time travel. Here's how. If time and space are one dimension, time-space then as you increase your velocity, as you increase your speed, you're affecting the time you left behind. So, in other words, if I travel for four minutes at the speed of light, uh, it may be, I, I would have to calculate this, I, and I'm just, I'm just using this as an example. These numbers are not correct. So I travel four minutes. For me, it's four minutes pilot time at the speed of light. Uh, And then I return to Earth after four minutes at the speed of light. If I do that, I may find that a year has gone by on Earth. Okay. So if you're going to do teleportation, you have to manipulate time in some way so that they arrive not a year later, but in the same moment. So you're you're still manipulating time, you know. It's related in that way. Yeah. Well, you're talking about two different things. You're talking about like a spacecraft that could, you know, um, you know, take you across, you know, galaxies, you know, at a, at which which is um, believed to be impossible, um, which would, um, you know, um, no. Yeah, you still no. We're, we're no 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 no. We're still talking about the speed of travel. So if you teleport from here to Australia, let's say from Washington, D.C. to Australia, and you, you, you teleport in a matter of seconds, that is tremendous velocity. By whatever means you traveled it, you traveled it in seconds. And so there would be an effect on the time of those who weren't traveling. And in order for you to arrive in Australia at the same moment in time as you left, then you had to somehow manipulate time during that process. 
Well, let me put this to you. Like, let's say we, we learn how to teleportate, um, and like we use the Internet. Are uh, we using uh, um, time travel, and we could you know run you across lines and then reappear you on somebody's house? Is that any different than flying you from one place to another? Yeah, um, it is. I think it's the same. No, it, it's different. Um, well, uh, flying, it's different from teleportation. Teleportation has to do with quantum stuff. And what you're talking about is speed of light stuff uh, through the Internet. So if we could dematerialize you, feed you into a computer, and send your data through the Internet, it's gonna, it, it has to travel through all these different cables and wires and nodes and out to a satellite and bounce back down and all that. And uh, then you arrive at your destination and get rematerialized. Um, but all of that is happening at the at the same moment for each person on uh, for the the computer that fed you in and the computer that takes you out and rematerializes you. Those moments are all happening at the same time. But when you talk about teleportation, you're talking about uh, quantum entanglement. You're talking about uh, actually uh, instantaneous as opposed to speed of light, and and you're not talking about uh, you're talking about stepping outside our normal moment of time. Um, it's instantaneous, but having traveled that way, it would seem to me that your velocity being instantaneous is greater than the speed of light and therefore it's it's at the speed of thought and so therefore you would have had to manipulate time to adjust it so that you're arriving in from DC to Sydney Australia you're arriving in Sydney Australia on the same date in the same time frame as you left DC yeah. Uh, of course, you would have crossed the international date line, but uh, you you would have arrived at the same moment of time. Yeah, um, and you know, as far as you know, um, you know, like you know, we, you know, the theory of um, intergalactic uh, inter- non-interference, you know, um, and let uh, people um, progress as they are, and to be able to time travel and possibly interfere with. Uh, time itself would even be uh, even be worse than that. Um, I believe that maybe you can step out of time and see time as a whole, but cannot interfere with it. That may be true. It may be true. Um, the whole issue of time is, uh, you know, we, we we don't give it much thought. You know, time, you look at your watch, you know, and oh, it's uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, that to us, that's all there is to time. But if it's truly a dimension, time-space, then it runs in every direction all at the same moment, just as space does. And, uh, you know, thinking about traveling that, my God, I mean, we don't even we don't even have words to describe. We we have words to describe linear time. We say past, present, and future, but we don't have words to describe what is that time that's not going in front of me. That's the future, 
It's going above me, straight up. What is that? And what is that that's running to the right, the left, and straight down, and and in every other direction all around me? Uh, we can only describe it in linear terms because that's the way we experience it. Yeah, you know that's that's one of those questions that's like you know what's the meaning of life? <laughs> Almost, you know, yeah. can you answer it? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I don't believe it's possible. You know, I believe that we can go through wormholes and be at one place to another um, instantaneously and stuff like that. But I don't believe that we can progress time, you know, by a ship, you know, um, by force or whatever. I read an interesting article by a very interesting individual um, researching for this, and he gave all kinds of examples about uh how you know if you're on a spaceship and you're doing you're in this position you're on another somebody else is on another spaceship and they're passing by at 500,000 miles per hour and then you got control setting on earth um and they're going to transmit an episode of I love Lucy it's 1 hour long everybody uh involved in this experiment would receive I love Lucy um, all at the same moment, and 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 they say, okay, we're going to do this at 10 a.m. our time. So all at the same moment, everybody in the experiment starts receiving "I Love Lucy." It's a one-hour show. They all agree it's one hour. However, uh, they all experience it at the same moment, but all of their clocks will read a different time. And what he was saying is that in this way, yes, it's possible to time travel but you cannot transgress the moment we all will all experience the same moment and uh, so you know uh, when you start thinking about actually moving forward in history or, or in time and moving backward in time moving to the right, to the left. I mean, it gets mind-boggling because you're actually transgressing the moment when yeah. you do that. Yeah, like I said, I don't believe that's possible unless you can step out, you know, actually step out of the dimension, you know, and see. Ah, the end of the show just hit us, man. Thanks for the call. Sure. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Should have been watching the time, huh? My friends call me Steel Eye, my enemies do too, and you can call me whatever you want to call me. Just keep coming back again and again and again. Until next time, so long, everybody.